0: Welcome to the Bro Novo Podcast, the podcast that models healthy communication for men, empowering them to start the journey of self-work.
1: Now here's your host, Thomas Pierce. Uh, Okay, Julia. Hi. Hey. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Good afternoon.
2: Good afternoon, Thomas.
1: Welcome to the Bro Novo Podcast.
2: I'm really glad to be here. Thank you again for inviting me.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. thanks for coming on.
2: I know, I know. It's been, I'm excited for for today.
1: Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Same. We both. We were just talking about how mm-hmm. conversation is a great way to learn. Yes. And I I agree completely. It's something I love reading, but I always. Uh, the people from me say this a million times on here, but I think I love, like, I think the fastest way to learn is by talking to people. Right.
2: Yeah. 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 And knowing how to do that well and to, to get, like, good conversation and deep conversation and stuff. So, yeah.
1: Have you always been a conversationalist?
2: Um, I think so. You know, I'm like a very <laughs> stereotypical extrovert. You know, I'm like, <laughs> nice. I'm so guilty of that sometimes. Or I, I, have you heard of, like, the Clifton Strengths Finder stuff? Yes. So my main one is Woo which is like winning others over oh. and it's about I, I just creating connections and uh like creating connections between me and others and then also connecting other people too and then that is like to me very like very value adding and i think really uh gratifying because then it's like oh it's like you're getting two brazil and someone by helping a bunch of people and making your friends become friends with each other too right
1: it's the best. It doesn't always yeah. work out though.
2: It's true, it's true. It's a skill, you know, it's a skill that <laughs> has to be practiced. But and then yeah, I like just like collecting and like you know, building out, I guess, the people I know and and yeah. can help. So are
1: are you in a community house now?
2: You know, a little bit, actually. It's I mean uh, I've been saying for a while now it feels like this sort of new rotating chapter of my life where I have a new recurring cast of people in my life. because um like my husband and I are doing long distance for the first time so he's back in the U.S. now um starting a degree and so I'm back here and I got lucky enough to be like I guess implanted into this group of friends where we you know we have a house and obviously they're housemates but then it's like a rotating set of houses actually between oh. like here and the onion um which is a surf town oh I nice too often and then so it's like Oh, yeah, 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 up north. Yes. Have you been there?
1: We almost went there.
2: Oh, I'm so sad you didn't get a chance. I
1: know. It was between Real and then Union. Oh,
2: okay, okay. And we went to Real. Okay, okay, okay. Where is that?
1: It's like due east, basically.
2: Oh, okay, okay.
1: It's a little town. I think it it has surf breaks, too, but when we were there, it wasn't wasn't breaking. Yeah.
2: But, yeah, so it's very much like it's been just... I don't want to say it's been described as a commune, but it has where it's like, I don't know. It's just a good community of like friends and like, you know, people that, uh, I feel like I'm learning a lot from. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: That's sweet. I, I, cause we were texting about like a hang this weekend Yes. <clears throat> yes. and you said where you, you like showed where you were living, uh-huh. the spot and it had like a proper name. Yeah, I was like, Oh, I yeah. wonder if this is like a, like, <laughs> a community house.
2: I, I guess informally that's what it is. Yeah. You know? Nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause we uh, we used to live in San Francisco, mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. a thing. That's a big thing there.
2: Yeah, where it's like friends like split a lot of like houses. Yeah, and house and stuff. Know, it's very like, yeah.
1: intentional. You know, oh, okay, it's okay. It's, very, it's a whole thing.
2: Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, I think it's, you know it definitely is intentional, but like not like I think it's very uncommon here in the Philippines. You know, especially oh, for sure. at our age, and then like you know, it's just. It's very really expensive. Like, people leave more the their parents. And so I feel really lucky to have found something like this in, in a place like Manila, where yeah. it's not that common. So, yeah. And
1: you grew up here.
2: I did. I was born and raised here. I was born and raised here. But then I moved to the U.S. 2012 for college and then work. So I was living there for, like, eight years or so. Um, and then just moved back here around 2019. But, um, like, I'm, I'm Filipino and half Chinese. So, actually, like, the main language growing up at home was English. And Mm. then I studied in, basically, international school my whole life. So, like, I'm Filipino, but, you know, it's a very specific subset of what Filipina is. For sure. Yeah.
1: Um, So, you're – is – were both of your parents, like, one is full Filipino, one is full Chinese?
2: exactly. My mom is Filipina. And my dad was always traveling around for work. So, it was very much, like, grew up in a very matriarchal household. Mm. That was already very, like, atypical for a Filipino household in general.
1: So. Right. Same. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. Uh, for you. Well, yeah, my mom and dad are both from the same town in Ohio.
2: hmm
1: You know, pretty. I'm familiar
2: with the Midwest. Yeah, yeah, a, a yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Toledo,
1: Ohio. Yeah. And they, uh, yeah, from, from the same town. But, yeah, it's kind of similar. Not always, but starting in, like, I was, like, 12 or 13, my dad was traveling a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it was my mom and then my brother and sister, they moved out. And then Mm -hmm. high school was basically just me and my mom around the house. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But
1: it was great because then all my buddies, we lived, we could walk from our high school. Right, right, right. So we would like almost every day walk home. Mm. That's a good launching point. So you described a matriarchal household to be kind of different than the norm here. What is the norm here?
2: Well, actually, I would say Philippines is interesting because the household is run by women, actually. um, Maybe not in the sense that you know a woman is typically a breadwinner, but in my case, you know she was the breadwinner mm. um but they make all the decisions about household, like for example, what you know how to spend the money right or how to you know where kids get to go to school and like like daily life um I would say in most Philippine households, like the mother and or the mom is like the one calling the charges on that um which is which is really interesting because uh the Philippines, I feel like no one questions like a woman's leadership. Like, you know, it's like, I see a lot of women leaders and whatnot, um, more here than probably in other places, but there still is, I guess, you know, not this, it's not that they're not afforded the same rights as like, I guess, I'm, or the same kind of respect or treatment as a, as a male leader, I guess, you know? Um Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, a contradiction
2: it is it is it is um i, I don't know why that is but for sure like F- filipino women have i think a very heavy say especially in like a traditional household you know
1: what is your vision for your household
2: mm. i this is like a larger thing that relates to i guess uh I'm like grappling right now with like my my queer identity, you know because I feel like I am queer, but I am in a very like cis heteropresenting relationship mm-hmm. but i I feel like I'm queer not in not just in like the sexual sense or like what I desire, but the whole idea of like questioning tradition and questioning
1: oh cool you know
2: the the conformity of 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 traditions or you know for your tradition's sake so I yeah, I, I I like the idea of like creating or like you know questioning and re rethinking through like the traditional conventions of what a household should be because you know in, in in a relationship in a household I feel like it was this idea of like the nuclear household right it was a very it's a very new convention that was built like back when. You know, back when our lifespan was thirty years, and so you obviously wanted to marry someone for life, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it makes sense. Or like it was a very yeah. much like a economic, like you know, thing. Necessity, or, yeah, necessity, yeah. To like combine a household so we could survive. Yeah, combine right? families, yeah. And so, like, I think thinking outside of the traditional, yeah, conventions or expectations of what it means to expect everything from one person or one nuclear household, right, and. And building that out more to be a larger, like community-based thing, um, is at least what I envision for my household. But like, I not to say that, like, you know, oh, everyone should just do whatever and just bang no. everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not, 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 I'm not saying that. I mean, but you can do that, and I wouldn't judge you. You know, um, but it's more like. You know, being open with the idea of questioning, what for it, sure. You know what the idea of a traditional marriage is, or understanding that we, you know, we have that power to be the narrators of, you know, our of what our relationship is or what our lives are. And so, understanding that, you know, at least questioning or, or creating that that universe you have with every relationship that you have, you know, it, totally. it doesn't have to just be like so black and white. There can be so much more so yeah that's a very vague answer I love it thank you for sharing that <laughs> yeah yeah
1: so I have my understanding of what queer means yes but it seems like a um, somewhat fluid definition maybe personal to every person
2: yeah so
1: for my, someone in my audience who mm-hmm. maybe their only conception is like very traditional gay culture yeah or you're like in
2: the lgbtqia plus yeah
1: element. yeah so like what does that mean to you
2: um it's a bit of what I was talking and I've had a lot of conversations with, obviously, friends, too, that identify that way. And um, it's for me, it is about just, like, the idea of questioning convention um, and also being, like, authentically yourself. Yeah, Like, I think that's a big part of it is that, like, I love queer and gay spaces just because I feel like they're where I feel the most safe. You know, I feel more safe to be me, yep. um, to be free, you know, free. So I think that I that concept of like authenticity of yourself and like really learning how to like love yourself. That's like part of the queer journey, you know, so like regardless of, of who yeah, you, you like or who right. you are sexually attracted to. Like, I think there's an importance in that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I agree on the feeling comfortable part.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I played in a gay rugby team.
2: Mm-hmm. Love that. San
1: Francisco mm-hmm. Fog.
2: Yeah. Yeah. My,
1: my fucking boys
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: over there. Rugby
2: is a really interesting, like, example yeah. of, like, and a great, like, model of, you know, what you would think is traditionally very straight male, but actually it does have a lot of, like, yeah. queer undertones, which is fun. And-
1: yeah. But it's so funny, like, in a traditional rugby team, mm-hmm. you'll get, like, people i've said to me like oh like but it was a lot of fun in the showers on that gay team right and i'm like dude no they're not like fucking rapists like
0: it's like no like actually
1: no they're not gonna bother you Mm -hmm. they're normal people like you sound like an idiot yeah yeah
2: yeah
1: (laughs) you know yeah rugby is but that's kind of the more why this podcast exists is just Mm, like yeah 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 a lot of traditional male culture has that very like They'll be like homosexual jokes, right. but like, don't cross that line, dude. Yeah, 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 bro, yeah, bro, bro.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like to me, it's it it's a prime example of why like that kind of stuff is so bad for everyone. I think especially for men, like it's almost more pitiful for like queer or for for like you know straight men because they're so confined about like what it is and and what their sexuality is, and it's like it makes it really hard i guess yeah. you know yeah yeah explore outside of that it it's, does it yeah, does yeah. and
1: and even like for me i still have moments where like like the tagline or the definition of this podcast mm-hmm, is healthy communication for men so they can yes. you know start their journey of self work
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and
1: even i still have that resistance sometimes i'm like oh what is someone going to think when they right, see my podcast right. yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. even though i like Will st- have stamped my name, yes. you know, I created a brand about it, right? Because I feel so strongly about it, mm. but I still have that resistance, and I think that's exa- it's from that conditioning.
2: Yeah, yeah. Of like
1: what a man is supposed to be.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, I agree. Like the way I would describe my experience is very specific, but it was like in the San Francisco, right? Like gay rugby scene very niche but it's just like a celebration Mm -hmm. you know it's like it
2: is that's what it is also yeah everybody who's in that
1: space has come through the other side of this experience of being told all these horrible things Mm -hmm. you know it it seems like for many of my friends taking on those beliefs at some point moving through them and then coming at the other side alive and thriving
0: yeah and you know and they're
1: just fucking stoked to be here and, Mm -hmm. and and they don't care about how other people perceive them
2: Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is so beautiful it is it really is yeah like and that's why yeah I think I think queer and gay people just have to they, they're like the most fun because it's yeah, like yeah. you've already like <laughs> it, it comes from it comes from a, from place of definitely a lot of like pain a lot of hardship they yeah. have to go through but it's sort of like despite all of that they're still like celebrating who they are celebrating you know themselves and their loved ones you know yeah accepting them for who they are and like I think I think it's a very important lesson in like vulnerability, which I think is another thing that, you know, men struggle with a lot. You know, it's like, um, you just have to know, you have to create that sort of space that, that where you f- feel vulnerable enough to be able to like really be who you are, you know? And it's sad that the world is set up that way, that it's not, you know, it's really hard to, to like be your true self. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a big reason why we're also all here is to try to like find who that, what that is for every individual.
1: Totally, so how is that for you you know in like a hetero presenting relationship
2: mm-hmm.
1: is it day by day it's different or
2: I'm definitely still navigating it yeah you know because it's something that yeah, for a long time you know kind of like my, like my first love was a woman basically, and then after that it was kind of like I had been in sort of these um straight presenting relationships for a long time. Also like mainly with like white men too. So for me, that was very much like looking back, I'm like, wow, you know, there's so many experiences I never got to have because I grew up with this perception Mm. of what beauty was. And it was a very Western leaning perception. So, um, and, and then it almost felt like, Oh, am I really a part of this community? If I've only just been dating men for a long time and interested in them and like, um, and so it's, it's still like something I'm struggling with. It's like, like I said, it's only now have I felt like, okay, this is why I like, I'm trying to like really think, expand like outside of like my normal convention, because the the current one that's opposed to me, like, it's not enough, or I, I feel like I'm more. It's
1: basically. not working.
2: Yeah. Or yeah. Um, not that it's not working, that I feel like it could be more mm. like, I, you know, it's not, I, I, it's. I'm happy. I'm super happy in my like long-term relationship, and I feel so blessed to have like found the partner that I want to like, you know, grow gray and old with. Um, but then uh, there's yeah. you know, yeah, and so I, I just, you yeah. right? It's it's yeah. a it's a miracle actually. You know, if you yeah. think about how hard it is yes. to find that person, like I think about it so often lately, and how I'm just like really blessed in that front. But you know, it's like this. What I said about you know, loving making connections or loving getting deep with people. It's like, you know, there's – you can't just get that from one person for the rest of your life. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, for Mm -hmm, sure. mm -hmm. Yeah, I think how that's showing up for me is kind of in like lifestyle design.
2: Okay. I guess. Tell me how you've designed your lifestyle.
1: Yeah. Because, I mean, because I also have a very – there was a point in high school where I really – identified with being a nonconformist That Mm, was mm -hmm, very mm. important to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and it it rung true, I think. And in some ways, I guess my point of reference is just my friends and my family in in Philadelphia, Mm
0: -hmm. which is where
1: most of my friends and family are Mm. from home. We're growing up. And I think a few of us have kind of branched out, but a lot of my friends are in Philly,
0: Mm,
2: mm-hmm. They're gonna
1: most likely gonna get married there, yeah. you know, buy a house there, start a family yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, Kendall and I are just doing a kind of different thing where we're, we're in California. Right. We're, we're here now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna keep traveling. Yeah. You know, I don't. There's so many more places I want to see and experience.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And also, I've been thinking about with virtual life you know online remote businesses and working you can really live anywhere
2: anywhere Uh uh
1: and what i like is like outdoor access to Mm -hmm. fresh air you know water to swim in Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know
1: trail running mountain biking playing rugby that stuff is really especially being here right has refocused my what i want What you need yeah Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. i
2: get that i get that you know and it's
1: like if that doesn't is that doesn't align with like where all my friends and family are and I know it's gonna make me happy and it's not that then it's okay if it's yeah. not if it's not that
2: no I, I I agree with you in thinking you know there's like this very the whole non-conformist thing that the convention is like you know you get married buy a house and then settle down and, yeah. you, and it's like you know, that's the persisting model of what success looks like, but it doesn't have to be, you know, you have, we can, we're allowed to define what, what works for our lifestyle. And it's like, it's, it definitely comes from a place of privilege, right? Like we're so lucky enough to be like creating the life we want for ourselves. Like some people, they don't have that choice, right? They feel, you know, they're stuck financially or whatever. Um, But it, yeah, it's, I guess with the opportunities afforded to us, it doesn't just have to be like, you know, pick a fence type of, you know. Existence. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's, that's where it, there's a lot of excitement and possibilities. like, what is that going to look like? And and you know, I think it's just, we're just in the beginning of it, you know, like I, th- I feel like we're, I, I, or are you like, you're like in the thirty like under 30 or something? Yeah. Under yeah. The
1: late 20s. Late 20s. Yeah, same, yeah. same.
2: And so it's like, you know, we're at the cusp of that. And I think even the younger generations are going to want to, totally dismantle that like convention as well what success looks like you know yeah like a friend was telling me that you know we're at the point now where you know people don't want to work for big companies people don't want to like you know have a job for 40 years until they retire right they're looking for like something new like every year's every two years so it's like people are going to want to work more for themselves and do whatever they want so it's interesting to see how it's going to like play out in the larger like scheme of what it means to be like a working professional in like the next decade or so. Right. For sure. Yeah.
1: And the other thing I think that we're going to grapple with that other generations have never dealt with is Mm -hmm. more downstream effects of climate change.
2: Oh yes. Oh my God. I'm so glad you were able to bring it there. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Also, I think, the younger generation could change things if yes. they get off their fucking phones.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Big if I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole different, that's thing. all of it. Yeah, I just want yeah. to throw yeah. that in there. I know. I'm, I know. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm sketched by all those phones. I'm sketched. No,
2: I, <laughs> I think, I think the two like biggest problems we face at the moment as a collective species is one climate change and two like misinformation and yeah. and like how, yeah, that the, the, the how technology is, like, shaping so much of our worlds and stuff. So it's definitely some scary stuff we've <laughs> got in yeah. store for us Yeah. in the next decade, a few, few yeah. years. So. And I don't,
1: I don't even know, like, I don't think we'll – this is a total guess. I'm not yeah, qualified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we'll see, like, torrential floods or, like, our world on fire in our yeah. lifetime. Maybe, like, our grandkids' lifetime. Mm,
2: mm-hmm. But
1: we're definitely going to deal with some –
2: you don't think you're seeing it right now actually like think about now now that you know especially your experience here in the philippines right yeah that's always how climate change is it affects the places that you know the hits the places the hardest that deal the least of it you know and like you know this is the global south like you know we had a major typhoon hit just like last week yeah buying and that killed like 100 over 100 plus people you know um and so I don't know, it's part of that whole misinformation thing where we're so overly sensitized, Mm. desensitized to all this like trauma and like terrible things that are happening in the earth. But, you know, it's here. It's just like in places that you don't usually see, right? Yeah, Um,
1: for sure. I mean, I was reading or watching a thing about oyster reef rehabilitation mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in Louisiana Mm. and how like, a ton of the louisiana coastline has been degraded already mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the last like 100 years yeah, yeah yeah so so you have a strong interest in climate change
2: yeah i mean it's definitely one of those things that i think is also just coming into the forefront now right like i can't say i have i have any personal experience being like a climate change you know activist or a, a climate change like change maker right trying mm-hmm. to do anything but um, it's sort of part of this, I guess, community that I've also been surrounding myself with that makes me realize, oh, this is like a huge problem. We right, need to like right. put all of like our, you know, collective humanity to try to like process that or prepare, you know, for for what's to come. And yeah. like with climate change, I
1: think you're right. You, I mean, yeah. I think I kind of at, at the same time, without examining it, have a kind of like defeatist, and then also. Procrastination attitude, mm-hmm. like oh, It'll next generation, yeah, or like yeah. oh, it's too, it's fucked, right. it's too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, one thing I've been thinking about and is like food access and learning. Yeah. How, I wanna, I wanna know how yeah. to grow my own nutrient-rich yeah, food. Yeah, yeah. you know, and uh, like have yeah. some land and you know re- regenerate the topsoil yes. and like yeah. biodynamic farming and you know have. I think that's a cool, they talk about, or I guess I always kind of like you, I would imagine mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. a, as an outgoing person, I always feel like my strongest sphere of influence is in the immediate personal space. Yeah.
2: Like, where your location, yeah. geography, it shapes you, you know, it makes a big difference. Totally. So I think
1: are. we're thinking about like how I could be carbon neutral, I guess, or leave the earth better than I found it in some ways. It'd be having a a piece of land, you know, over the long term, kind of developing it, regenerating Mm -hmm. it like, yeah. Rather than just buying from factory farm.
2: Right. Right. Mm
1: -hmm. Like food, like meat and produce the rest of my life. Yeah. Actually
2: like knowing like where your food comes from and yeah, it's, and yeah, it's really sad knowing that that the, it's almost like a dying practice, right? Like, no, like, and I think, especially here in the Philippines, you know, we, you know, land is life, you know, like, and everyone, everyone, like, especially, you know, if you're like, I don't know if like the local is the right way to say it, but, you know, if you're actually like really from, from the Philippines, like not in the way I'm from the Philippines, Mm. right. Uh, From the provinces, from outside of the city, basically, you know, you have this deep connection with land because you, you know, grew up with it, know it. And now, you know, I hear a lot of stories of like, people moving to the city and, you know, they can't do that anymore because there's better opportunities. Right. And now we're like, we have not enough farmers, but, you know, exporting, importing way too much food and everything. Mm. Um, but yeah. And, and so it's like important to, for us, I think to like know that because it's like, what, what's super important. And as you said, define so much of who we are. Yeah. Um, and so, my move back here has been a lot of like rediscovering like land, rediscovering my surroundings and what it means to be like in the Philippines as a as a Filipino, right? Um, and seeing the effects of climate change firsthand, it's like, you know, this is this. W- w- what are we, if not you know, helping the collective humanity? You know, it's it's like, it's, I think that a lot. Like. If, you know, there was there was a big typhoon. I forgot the name already. That hit in my home province of like Raha City, and so I was there. Like you know, when you see it in person, it's like a totally different thing. Like floods and right, um, uh, and like how it's affecting people and displacement, and um, it's like wow, what am I doing? <laughs> well, this is going on in the world. I think that sometimes right, and and yet I'm guilty of like still doing my like normal day job right while this is all happening. Yeah, um, I want to like give a shout out to some of my friends that are based in the union that's like this art or, arts for ecology organization called emerging islands. Oh, cool. And yeah, I'm super inspired by them and their vision. And basically um, their whole thing is, is, you know uh, creating conversations and counters or um, fostering artist residencies to basically, you know, create art for ecology and like tell what it means to like have island stories or, um, being an archipelago, right? And, um, yeah, and so what they're doing is really cool. Like, basically, there was a while where they, like, invited artists to come to the Union, and then they create art in collaboration with, like, the local communities, and, like, Sick. actually hearing their perspectives and integrating that into the art. And so, um, like, a lot of, actually, what I, this this drive to, like, care about climate change has been, like, being exposed to, and hanging out with them and, like, not being just more in nature lately, you know, because... As a person that grew up in a city, it wasn't, like, a thing I was around a lot. Yeah. And, you know, especially in the Philippines and in my upbringing, it was like, oh, nature's dangerous. Don't go right, outside. Right, right. You'll get dark.
1: You right, know? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yo, like, yeah, yeah, that's a big and thing the, here.
2: The, the colorism. The yeah. whitening, oh, yeah. c- creams. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Like, yeah, What what is – how would you describe that to someone who's never been here?
2: Ah, okay, so – yeah, basically the, the perception of beauty in the Philippines is very like Western inspired, right. Because of, you know, the world, cultural, colonial influence. And so, you know, it's a very normal thing to feel like, oh, you know, white is beautiful. And if you're dark, you're dirty. Like that's kind of the perception. Um, And like, so there's a lot of like whitening products or like, you know, uh, for your soap and everything. And you'll, have a lot of people that say, oh, I don't want to stay outside in the sun for too much or I'll get too dark, you know, that's mm. sort of how it is. Um, and yeah, so being back home has sort of been like me just flipping that script entirely of being like, you know, I love the sun. I love the beach. It's like when I'm in yeah. the island, I feel like most myself, like yeah. it feels so soul giving and yeah. life giving yeah. and, you know, just learning how to like, love my like beautiful brown skin. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so it's been a lot of like, yeah, reclaiming that, and realizing that you know this is our this is my home this is what makes me who i am and i'm embracing it now i need to like save it somehow you know
1: i hope you're enjoying this week's episode of the bro nouveau podcast as much as i enjoyed recording it and bringing it to you get involved in the conversation. I can be reached at contact at bro nouveau.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram at bro pod. If you're enjoying this episode, please share it with friends or family to continue to grow the show. Full length video episodes are also available on YouTube. Just search bro nouveau podcast. Enjoy. I think that example is a great <clears throat> example for like for me when I'm talking to white people mm-hmm. who don't believe in or like understand mm. like I guess passive white supremacy or like mm-hmm. downstream mm-hmm. influences mm-hmm. like that's yeah, a great yeah, yeah. example. It's like yeah. if this idea has gone across the world yep. mm-hmm. and now a smart young generation yeah. of people have to deal with this
2: exactly. weird
1: fucking thing yeah, yeah. That, they sh- that should never have been present at all. Yeah. You know?
2: No, it's super interesting. Like if you are here and you see all the ads, it's basically like white people are fair-skinned people. Like uh, the the Filipino term is like mestizo, mm-hmm. which is like Spanish or something. And
1: Chinese mix, yeah, right?
2: Chinese mix. So just yeah. as long as you have, you're like fair-skinned, right. you could, you know, Theoretically, like get farther in the world because you see this more beautiful, right? Or something, yeah. So, and like, also, if you look at like celebrity culture, right? Um, it's very much like, oh, yeah, fair skinned people, right? And only now it's like talk, talk, the narrative of like, but that's not all, you know, it, nobody looks like that, right? Or even, even the influence from like Korea, like K pop, like they're all still super fair skinned, yeah, right? true. Um, and Yeah, so it's very, very interesting to to see that play
1: out. Yeah. I think sometimes the opposite thing happens in the U.S. Mm. where, like, lighter-skinned celebrities will, like, want to be adjacent to blackness. Right, exactly. Because that's cool. It's super cool. Yeah. Uh uh (laughs) It's so fun. It's so dumb. Like. Like I've, I've seen that with I can't believe I'm saying this right now. Like the Kardashians have yep, been like accused of that. I'm outing myself right <laughs> now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that's a prime example of it, though. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's uh, oh yeah, I
2: mean, it's not like we're also not gu- we're also guilty of that too here in the Philippines, right? And it's like mm. that culture of you know borrowing from other cultures or like being adjacent to these identities that you know seem cool you know are cool but then you know you don't pay homage to them enough or something right yeah um like we're very guilty of that here too um
0: yeah
1: it's it's so interesting too because something i think about is like big picture balance too like obviously respecting different cultures is really important yeah and like understanding yeah. Each, per, like, each identity. If right. you, I mean, this is also a conversation most people probably don't care about as right. far as like, yeah. how does my identity intersect with right. people yeah. around me? And, understand, you know, yeah, that's a yeah, very yeah. like, I guess, niche conversation. It is. It is. Yeah. But though, at the same time, it's like, so I think about this stuff and then I think about Zoomed Out, like we're in... The solar system, right? In yeah. the Milky Way, in the fucking expanding universe. <laughs> and it's yeah, like, yeah. oh my God.
2: Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, none of it matters. Yeah. So everything like, matters. Everything matters.
1: None of it yeah. matters. So, how yeah. do, like, I think that's the whole question we were talking about earlier about thinking about the life we want.
2: Yeah.
1: And defining values. Mm-hmm,
2: of mm-hmm. Like, okay,
1: we have this limited amount of time alive. What do we care about? And what are we going to do to further that cause?
2: Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot about like learning how to hold to uh, like opposing truths the same at the same time, you know, I think that's, I think there's a lot about like what humanity is too, you know, it makes us human. is like, we're just living contradictions of each other, of, of all these ideas that we're trying to like grapple with or, or, you know, try to, try to figure out like where we stand in that spectrum. But yeah.
1: Do you do any journaling or meditation?
2: I do a lot of journaling. I think, I think I could be better about, um meditating and overall like self-help actually like i've never been to a therapist so i'm oh, trying yeah? To, yeah i'm trying to like find a good one and that's like hard nice. in the, here and in, the, in, in general so um i think there's more i could be doing about you know self-work too um, and i think lately that's been i guess tied with this idea of like intentionality um and how a lot of the things that I feel like I do I'm sorry this is if this is like totally out of left field. But basically, yeah, there's a lot of things like I'm unaware about or I don't think through that much. And those are the things where like people get hurt the most, you know, or people like mm, yep. you know, you don't and so it's like it relates to this larger idea of like, okay, how can I be more intentional and thoughtful yep. about how I move through the world and things like that's that's why things like journaling or meditating or therapy are important because it's like sort of that mirror that, that you need to put in front of yourself oh, yeah. to like learn how to like, you know, be a more thoughtful human being, I guess. Right. Um, totally. But how about you? Like do you journal or meditate see a uh, therapist?
1: Yeah. My most consistent you, yeah. thing is uh, exercising.
2: Oh yeah. That's, that's good. Yeah. I guess I'm, you're an athlete if you're in like a, yeah.
1: So I, now. if I don't work out almost yeah. every day, I like get twitchy yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's like the first base layer. And then yeah. on top of that, I do a lot of kind of like the podcast is, I think, a reflection. Mm,
2: mm, People who
1: listen yeah, will have heard yeah, me yeah. talk about a lot of random stuff.
2: Right, right, right. And
1: then I also have a, a breathwork practice.
2: Oh, yeah. I saw there was like a mini episode.
1: Yeah. What did you think of that?
2: I didn't, I didn't listen to it. Uh, I just saw that there was <laughs> one. I was, <laughs> and now, now I have to take it. No, it's it cool. me out on it. It's cool. But no, I did breathwork actually for the first time recently. Like uh, I did one of those Van Hoff. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. My, I was like, "Damn, this is hard." You it know, is it's hard. like really challenging. You get a head high. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, I like, but I see. You know, I that that's cool, though. I yeah. like it. Yeah, and
1: I'm I'm trying to get more consistent with it mm-hmm. because that's I think where I'm at. Like I've done, I've I learned how to do it almost two years ago. Mm-hmm. And what inspired you to do it? I was so I had done. A, a yoga retreat uh-huh. with this group yeah like a long time ago mm. and then i was unemployed at this point i was mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. i kind of had like some time to kill mm. and i was like oh, i'll reconnect with my teacher because mm-hmm. i know they have other retreats right mm-hmm. so that's where i learned the breath work one
2: okay okay that's cool
1: um but yeah i was in i was in a i was in a bad spot i was like yeah. really anxious yeah and kind of like very in my head and mm-hmm. like paranoid mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and so that's why I did it.
2: And that's yeah. why I, I like
1: it because it, it calms me down.
2: Right.
1: You know, and it also it's uh like my teacher describes it as mental floss.
2: Oh, that's cool. Which yeah. it, it feels good. Yeah.
1: And it oxidates the body. You know, there are physiological benefits.
2: Yeah, wow, that makes sense, right? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: I'll do my breathing. And I throw my legs up in the air, mm. uh, rotate the blood in my body. Mm. And I'm like, I'm fucking good.
2: Yeah, it's like a to- little, like, you know, toner for your body. Yeah, basically. yeah, like-
1: yeah. And then uh, I do have this journal that Kendall gave me a long time ago mm-hmm. I'm still chipping away at.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Like yeah. one of those like, guided journals. Guided journal. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I, I, and then I, um, I've been to therapy, but not that consistently mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. But I did find a coach who I really like. Oh, that's good. And then once I'm back that's in good. more like North America time zone, mm, that's, I'm going to work great. with him consistently. Okay. Awesome. awesome. Yeah.
2: But yeah, it's like, Lately, I'm trying to find, yeah, how do people show, like, self-love or, like, you know, self-practice of, like, you know, making sure that you're, like, personally okay so that you can, like, also fulfill the work you need to do, right? Or, like, RuPaul's famous as saying it's like, you know, if you love yourself, if you don't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anyone else? Yep. You know, so it's, like, and and I think that's a lot harder, too, for, like, men Grab with like I, I, I know I meet a lot of men that don't really know how to like, love yeah, themselves.
1: Well, because it's very uh soft, it's yeah, it's right. it's literally soft,
2: it's, yeah, it is like counter, to yeah,
1: like, not literally, you know, it's not tangible, but sometimes th- yeah. the perception, right, is that and it is, it's it's a softening, yes, yeah.
2: yeah, it's, like
1: yeah, it's like a it's so. like a being nice to yourself. What a weird <sighs> idea, <laughs> 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 yeah, like, why would anyone do that, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so sorry I cut you off, but I think no, I think that's kind of like subconsciously part of it. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But the beautiful thing is that we can find friends who have our yeah. same values and yeah. those people are out there.
2: Do you have like defined values for yourself? Mm.
1: I do have a few. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't. Refresh, like thought about it in a while, mm-hmm. but I think um, open-minded.
2: Yes, that is one of my values. Yeah, being for open. sure. Yeah,
1: for freaking sure. Um, consistent.
2: Okay. Okay. Like, That's I, a good one. I, re- I don't
0: I, have. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: you but well, I see you as a consistent person, for sure. Thank
1: yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. I really do pride myself on, like, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it.
2: Yeah. Like, the yeah. discipline is important. You know, that, I, I don't have a lot of that. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then I would say empathetic.
2: Yeah. Is yeah. my other one. Mm-hmm. Like, compassion. Yeah. Self-compassion.
1: Yeah. What about you?
2: Um, So, I can have, like, what is it? I did a whole, like, matrix. Or, oh, like, sick. A presentation of it, But I'm, like, trying to remember it mentally. Um, so one of them is like open-mindedness, like, um, Kaifeng in Chinese, huh. uh, of like, yeah, just being open to new experiences, new perspectives and people and whatnot. Um, and then the other one that you said, it's like compassion and self-compassion, um, are definitely really important. And part of that also is like presence. So I guess the name of that is like Karuna, which comes from like, uh, the book by Aldous Huxley called The Island. And it's the, in the in the book, there's like this this mythical bird or whatever. And their whole thing is like they say randomly, Karuna, like every now and then. <laughs> and it means like presence. Oh, so like, nice. Being like present, um, and how important that is and like navigating, I guess, the world and your experiences. Um and then one of them, it's another like Chinese idiom too, but I forgot how to say it. But it basically means like um ceaseless self-strengthening so continuously continuously improving but not in the sense where it's like oh i have to be hard work all the time like go 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 like can ceaseless self-improvement also means knowing like when to rest and knowing when to like take breaks so that you can continue that sustainable like self-improvement and and then you know not not growing for the sake of like you know endless growth like upward trend, hockey stick because i don't i don't believe in that kind of growth it's yeah. more like being open to like constantly changing and evolving and like questioning that um and then the last one is more about like relationships or like guanxi in chinese too which in some it's interesting because like i think in some cultures it, it can come across as like, oh, you use relationships like for business or something, or you know, you take advantage of relationships. But it's more, more like understanding the importance of relationships and connections, and how, to me, that that's like, a, and and I remember taking a class that was basically saying um so much of your personal success and happiness comes from like the relationships in your life and who you build. So, sort of realizing that, yeah, the people you surround yourself with and grow from are really, really important. So, keeping that in mind. Beautiful. Yeah, so those are the names. A lot of um,
1: yeah. like tradition. I don't know. It's traditional, like Chinese wisdom
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, I'm more like um, because like I'm half Chinese, and then my my husband, he's like actually more of like a Sinophile than I am. He like studied abroad there. Oh, cool. And, like knows knows Mandarin better than I do. Oh, so, funny. Like we, we sort of like <laughs> talked about it together and like yeah, when navigating a relationship, like what are our values and stuff. So. That's sick part of it. Yeah. Those yeah. are, those are awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The relationship one mm-hmm. is interesting because yeah. like I think it's, everyone understands networking is right. huge, yep, yep, yep. but how to do, how to do it genuinely. Yeah,
2: exactly. And how to
1: not just be that person who's transparently mm-hmm. just using people right. for their benefit.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, I, I mean, I don't think either of us do that, but
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. It but is. There if, are people that do that. There are right? people
1: that do yeah, that. Yeah, 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 And it's kind of that balance of like, yeah, that's part of why I do this. Mm, mm-hmm, Absolutely, mm-hmm. it's great mm-hmm, for networking. Mm-hmm, yeah, you know. Yeah, totally.
2: That's like, <laughs> true. That's why, and I'm yeah. glad. That's why I'm glad you reached out and like yeah. to do this. It's like, uh, like we're both expanding our networks right? by. Yeah, exactly. Like, being more open to like these kind of conversations or experiences, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, Yeah, I love it because also like the work I do in my professional life is also very like network based, right? So like at Endeavor, it's basically the leading global community of by and for like high impact entrepreneurs. So really the strength in the organization is how amazing the network is and all the entrepreneurs that are part of it. And, you know, being able to be plugged into the Philippine ecosystem of startups has been really cool and you know i've heard endeavor especially here in the philippines being called as like the neutral glue that helps connect and grow the ecosystem which is awesome and like but you have to know how to do it in like a really authentic way yep right or it can come across as you know and, and in a business like also your reputation is everything right yes. so like how how do you navigate that properly with trying to be like you know genuine about it and It's nice because it's very, like, we're just driven by the mission to, like, you know, grow the Philippine ecosystem and, like, see the country be successful, right? And so I think um, it's about finding that right balance of, like, you know, just being genuine and authentic and present in, like, what you're doing and not thinking about, oh, I'm meeting this person because I want X. But, like, you know, actually, like, getting to know them as humans and, like, you know.
1: Enjoying their... The experience, the experience, the the
2: presence, the the time, and like the energy, energy, yeah, is a big one. Um,
1: You have great energy.
2: Thanks, you. There's been it's been like a lot of energy back and forth. Yeah, yeah,
1: exciting.
2: It's it's been kind of all over the place, but in like a good way. You know, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I think
1: it's it's cool to because I think I think most people are authentic,
0: Mm -hmm. but.
1: It's 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 hard to be that way and also communicate that mm. and be like I'm here with like open eyes and an open heart mm. and an open mind. Yeah, you know Cause that's what I think human connection is all about. Yes, but it can be hard to. It, I understand why people don't want to do that.
2: Yeah,
1: if they don't want to, you know, I get it. Like, yeah. I it's it's not for everybody. <laughs> and
2: I think yeah, it, it's like no, it, it is because it's like it's hard for people to to bear their souls like that sometimes. You know, it's like. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was talking about it with an artist actually that I had met through the Emerging Islands residency. And, you know, at the end of the whole residency, they have a thing where they have to like, you know, talk in their gallery, talk to people about their art and stuff. And for him, it's really hard because it's like, the way he was saying it's like, or like you have to like strip naked in front of people. And that's hard, you know? Um, And like, that's why there's like, you know, the need to like, do that inner working yourself and be okay with shedding all of that before you can actually do that with other people. Right. Totally. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Mm-hmm. Julia. Well, I know you are an artist yourself.
2: Yes. Yes. I think all human beings are artists actually. You nice. know? And that's, that to me is part of like trying to, you know, the, pro- the journey of an artist is discovering that vulnerable side of yourself and like the practice of like opening yourself up to your art, to the world, you know, is I think something every human should experience. Um, but yeah, I'm a singer songwriter. Um, I also go by goldfishy, which is my artist name. So you can check it out on Spotify. <laughs> Only 10 PM. By goldfishy. Sick. That's my plug. <laughs> should, we, should we play it?
1: Should we play it right now?
2: You can play it if you want. Yeah. We'll yeah, close, we'll close it I'm...
1: out with, uh,
2: yeah. And like, with some tunes. Yeah. Like, I don't even think I'm that good, but it's more like the fun of like the creative process and like, working with other people um, and, and sharing like something that is so a part of you that feels so like you know raw and just something yourself to the world like that's that's also part of, of what it is to be an artist so I
1: got you whoa you're verified i know let's go <laughs> okay here it is <laughs>